you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books, then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome back, sci-fi fans, to another episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm Andrew. That's my dog in the background, and Marissa's here next to me. How's it going? And uh, as always, David. Hey. And uh, I may have to go shut that dog up, but we'll we'll see see if he'll. Thor, get dog of thunder, wishes to be heard. His, yes, his registered name is Thor, dog of thunder. So. <laughs> That's, my laugh's a little weird tonight because uh, I've been sick, uh, and my chest is sore being sick so please so we won't that. be funny but uh yeah just don't be funny perfect we can do that all right we're gonna we're gonna take just one second so andrew can go all right sorry about that all right no so uh tonight finally it's actually been a while i actually had a couple of mistakes setting the board up tonight because it had not occurred to me that we had not recorded an actual audio only episode in a while that's true like a month it's true um, Those are my favorite episodes because, for all you know, I might not be wearing clothes right now. <laughs> You'd have no way to tell. It's true. One never can I tell. I am, but you <laughs> have no reason to believe me. Uh, so let's see. Tonight, we're going to talk about uh, Thor Love and Thunder. We're going to talk about the Dungeons and Dragons uh, Honor, Honor Among, Among Thieves. Thieves trailer. And we are going to talk about what are, what are, House of Dragons. House, House of, of Dragons trailer. Um, and I would talk about the Rings of Power trailer, not, but it occurred to me, I was going to put that on the list tonight, but then it occurred to me that we're probably getting a full-length trailer tomorrow at San Diego Comic-Con. About time. And that by the time this episode came out, it would be kind of old news. So um, if you're listening to this episode, I probably did a reaction on our YouTube channel to the trailer that's already out over on the Science Fictionary YouTube channel. So if you're curious what we thought about that one, go over there and check that out. Um, so let's just jump right in. What did everybody think about Thor Love and Thunder? Those goats. Oh my God. Goats are fun. I liked the goats. There was a lot of fun in this movie. Okay, this is what I said when I walked out of it. Um, there's some bad... But the good far outweighs the bad. I agree. Yeah. In my opinion. There's a lot of stuff that didn't work for me. It's kind of... I feel the same way I feel about uh, Multiverse of Madness. Where there's some stuff that didn't work for me, but the good definitely outweighed the bad. Yeah. It was very funny. Some would say too funny, though. I Actually, the first time through, I really enjoyed the humor. But I've seen it twice. Uh, this is actually the first movie in a while I've gotten to see twice before I recorded about it. About the first half of the movie, a lot of the jokes just aren't as funny the second time around. Yeah, I've sense. only seen it once. And the part that the, the moment that I was really taken out of it was um, when he goes to find Lady Sif and they're quipping with each other, like making little jokes while she's like laying there with her arm chopped off. Yeah. I, I felt like that should be a serious moment. And it just wasn't. Uh, I, I agree. I think that was the only, I think for the most part, they did a really good job of letting the serious moments be serious and the funny moments be funny. But that one, you're, you're right. Towards the end of the movie, they definitely like <clears throat> cut calm down on the funny and let the 
the serious moments be serious. Right. And I really like that. It's the first half is is the problem with with that for me. Like the all the stuff at the beginning with the fight with the Guardians of the Galaxy. I really liked the fight scene. I didn't like how it made the Guardians look like completely useless losers. Yeah. I, I really think they got done dirty there. And all for the joke of Thor doing a split and then but then him breaking the temple, that was pretty funny. Yeah. That, that was well, funny. I, I did enjoy the as far as what they're going for, I did enjoy the very Jean Claude Van Damme uh action sequence for Thor there. I mean, yeah. and that's definitely the split is ultimately that's what it's a reference to. I'm not real sure that they really knew what to do with the Guardians, although I think it seemed to me like with the Guardians that a bit that it was all a setup to give Thor a big moment, like yeah. almost like they're trying to give Thor his big moment so he will go away, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like they did it on purpose. Funny. Because I mean, well, Quill obviously helped write the speech yeah. because he's down there, you know, mouthing along. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, here it comes." It's like, um, yeah. you know, he's just. I think that. I think Thor's just kind of been a bummer to to have along for the ride, and they're just kind of ready for for Thor to move on. Which I do think is very funny. Oh, yeah. And it's very, you know, given the dynamic that they've always had, I think that's very believable. You know, that that Quill's just like, okay, dude, like, you've got to find something else to do with your life besides try and be the boss. It did make me very excited for Guardians of Galaxy 3, though, because... I am so ready to finally get back to a movie about these guys yeah. and them being cool and being effective and like actually being worthy of being called a superhero team. Yeah. That's going to be really awesome. It's been so long. Yeah. Volume Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was like, what, 2016? Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, they played some important parts in Infinity War, but they were just kind of sidelined. I mean, most of them were, weren't even alive for most of Endgame. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then they don't do much in the fight when they do show up. It was really just Rocket was the only... I'd say Rocket was the only character who came out of the Endgame Infinity War thing a better character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. Which I really I really enjoyed Rocket's arc in Endgame. Um but yeah, I'm just excited for them. But they were barely in this movie. I expected them to come back at the end uh, yeah. to help Thor. But no, they were in the movie. Well, James Gunn actually minutes. talked about that in an interview. He said he said that's what every movie does, so we didn't do it. And, uh, but then my question is, why'd you end Endgame with that? Right. I, I can't decide if this was the plan or if they had planned on literally making like a a Thor slash guardians of the galaxy movie, like a longer movie with them together. And they changed their minds. I, it's hard for me to know with Marvel because, well, my, so here, here's, I guess my question was in game at the point in game came out. Had they hired James Gunn back yet? I don't think so. I think James Gunn was still so. in the doghouse at that point. Cause yeah, somebody I, found I what was so it, it? Was it tweets from like 15 years, years ago? Years ago, Yeah. And they were vile tweets, but, I mean, like you got to go dig that far back to find some something to fire somebody over. Like, yeah, I don't know, but but regardless, like I kind of wonder if all that was done that way when they weren't real sure what they were going to be doing with the Guardians. And then when James Gunn came back, they were like, okay, then we'll just you know we'll just split them up early in the next film. That's kind of what I feel like happened, but I you know of course I don't That's have a any good way to theory. know. That. That's a good theory, and 
I would say, you know, Marvel does this thing a lot where, yes, they have Kevin Feige overseeing everything, but there have been multiple examples of one thing kind of getting set up in a movie and then dropped really quickly in the next movie yeah. because yeah. it's a different director or one thing. We've talked about it before with Iron Man 3 blowing up all the suits, <laughs> but, oh, wait, he has to be in Age of Ultron. Right. Um, and, and other things like that. Like Thor, that's been a big problem with Thor for the past four movies he's been in. You end Ragnarok with him being the super awesome lightning god, but then they take him on this path of different directors. And and I'm sure I'm sure that if, if Tiko Watiti had made Infinity War and Endgame, Thor would not be, have been the same character in those movies. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because you're pretty so got, got a five-minute montage it was like, okay, and here we back are back where we left off. Yeah, no, I mean, Thor Ragnarok was was really a, in some, a lot of ways, a reboot of that character. You know, though, it's still, I still, we spent three movies building up to Thor being ready to be king of Asgard. Yeah. And then we just torpedoed it. Why? Why would you do, like, I know that there's a lot of stories to tell. I but you could have still told the same story without being like, oh, never mind. You know, we've got King Valkyrie and Thor's going to go find yeah. himself. You know, I don't know. I, there's no way to ever really know what the, the thought process was. It, it could have been as simple as they thought that they might be losing Thor after Endgame as well. Uh, with a lot of the the guys that have been around for years leaving, mm-hmm. um, only for Chris Hemsworth to say, "Oh no, I want to keep doing it." Because unlike some of the other, unlike Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth actually seems to really be enjoying the workout part of it. Yeah, I was reading an article. He was like, "Yeah, my wife says it's too much," <laughs> and he does look incredible in this movie. Like he looks to be in the best shape he's been in. Oh, he is. He already said this is the biggest he's ever been. Of course, he's because he's getting ready to play Hulk Hogan in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently over COVID, because I mean, they're in New Zealand, so like they don't they still don't get to do anything over there. Apparently, he just eats and works out. That was his solution to COVID is a lot. And so. You know, he just, yeah, which is not the path that I went down during COVID, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, eat, I did the, I yes, did the whole eating Yes, thing. the eating part, yes. The, the working out, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that uh, at least, I guess all three of his kids were somewhere in this Yes. Film. But one of the sons, the oldest son, played the young version of him in mm-hmm. that montage. And uh, the daughter has actually played love. Right. Which is pretty cool. Which I, you know, all right, we're cutting, we're jumping around, but let's talk about Thor being a dad because, you know, we're talking about how his character's been kind of flip-flop throughout these movies. I think when we look back at it at the end of the day, Thor is going to be a very interesting character to look at throughout the whole MCU Mm -hmm. because he has been basically a canvas for different directors to paint on at this point. And... He's done so many different things. And that's what's kind of cool about getting to play this god who, in the grand scheme of things, this last 20 years or so for him is like a snap. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's barely even anything, right? right. So it's, it's interesting to look at, like, if you've been alive for that long, I guess you are going to do a lot of different things, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You're going to be 
king, you're going to be a hippie. You're going to be a superhero. You're going to be a gladiator. You're going to be a fat slob. <laughs> and you're going to be a dad now, which I think is fun. And, you know, there was a part of me at the end of the movie when it said Thor will return. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised because I, I would not have been shocked if this was the last we saw of Thor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't have either, but I'm I'm also I mean, with the other with with Iron Man with with Iron Man gone and Cap gone, I, I kind of feel like if they can get Hemsworth to stick around for a while, they probably want him around a little while. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. It would all be up to Chris Hemsworth. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a little surprised he's returning, but it'll be interesting to see what he return what they do with him going forward and love a character now. Right. Like, is she going to be in the Young Avengers? It's going to be interesting to see as the MCU grows, which it's about to just explode, especially based on the ends of Ms. Mar- the end of Ms. Marvel. The MCU is about to just explode in size. And so it'll be interesting. Like, do they kind of remain more like we're definitely going to be seeing more and more things, more cosmic and less on Earth. So, yeah, what the future for those characters is, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, we know we're we're fixing to get the throwdown with all the other gods. Yeah, he's, he's done pissed them off now. Mm-hmm. Zeus has Zeus has sent Hercules to yeah. teach Thor a lesson. And oh, it was finally, finally time to introduce uh Hercules. I've been waiting for that for a while, so that's going to be fun. I, th- I think they picked an interesting actor to play that role. I think it is going to be fun, and I I like where they're going forward with this. I, I think the idea of Thor being a dad can be fun. I I what I what I really hope is that the beginning of the next movie isn't Korg doing a monologue with like, <laughs> and love love went off to college, and we never see her again. <laughs> I really love, like, I don't, like, narration doesn't always work in movies. Usually. Um, Like, best, you know, I think the all-time best use of narration was Lord of the Rings, the the Fellowship of the Ring, the Mm -hmm. opening monologue. Yeah. Um, Which was apparently a really hard sell. Well, that's one of those things. That's not supposed to work. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to be able to just have this giant exposition dump at the beginning of a movie, and it works. Yeah, And I think that works for several reasons. One, I think, is incredibly interesting. They gave you a visual story along with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kate Blanchett just, like, you know, great yeah. voice. Like, it just, it just everything about it was kind of magical. But generally speaking, narration in movies is just, a lot of times, doesn't work. But I, I enjoyed Korg's narration, filling us in on the, the parts of Thor's story that we didn't get to see. Right. Uh, specifically, the relationship between Jane and Thor, uh, because that was one thing. Because of the direction change, mm-hmm. we never actually got to see that on screen. We just saw. Sorry, you broke up. <laughs> right. Because basically, it was like we don't want to have to deal with a Jane Foster angle. Angle. So they broke up. Yeah, and I don't think Natalie Portman was interested in coming back um, until. She was offered to be the mighty Thor. Right, yeah. In this. I so yeah, so. I, I liked Korg's narration a lot, actually. I just mean to say, I hope they don't... Oh, yeah, that's not how they write just like love. write love out. Yeah, yeah, no, I think she'll play an important part. I, I think she's still going to be around. I think we're going to pick up pretty much immediately, you know, with, with whatever's coming from, whatever, who all 
Zeus is sending after Thor. Because apparently oh. Asgardian parents have different philosophies than human parents and are just like, hey, let's go kill things. Yeah, but also <laughs> she's, you know, has the powers of a god. Yeah. Um, yeah, she has Stormbreaker, which, you know, uh, when I first left, I was thinking, I was like, so why didn't he just give her Molnir and he keeps Stormbringer or Breaker? And I was like, oh, because Stormbreaker doesn't have an enchantment on it. Right. I didn't think about that. Uh, how Molnir, like you have, it says you have to be worthy to have it. Theoretically, anybody could take Stormbreaker, and also that's why I was like, why is Gore, why doesn't Gore just get Mjolnir? Uh -huh. I was like, oh, he can't lift Molnir. Right. It's is a there's a there is a. Well, um, Mjolnir couldn't open the Bifrost either. Oh, it couldn't? No. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But still, yeah, I didn't think about that part. But yeah. Um, so I think that's interesting that they gave Storm Stormbreaker to love and, and Mjolnir's back with Thor. Yeah. Uh, I like the shattered effects. Mm -hmm. I thought that was actually pretty cool. I liked Jane Foster a lot in this movie, like her action and her combat scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that was That was a lot of fun. I felt like it was a little rushed of just like, I have cancer. I'm going to just, the, 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 the hammer's calling to me. And then we just see like some lightning mm -hmm. and then we don't actually see her get the transform into Thor or anything like right. that. Like I thought well, that was like a, a little. Well, you heard how much of this got left on the cutting. I was going to say, right? it sounds like that yeah. definitely got this. Yeah. There, there his, were scenes with. TV's initial cut was four hours long. Jesus. Yeah. There were, there were scenes with. Jeff Goldblum, right? And Jeff Goldblum and uh, somebody else. Somebody else important was... Oh, oh Peter Dinklage. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. The, the dwarf. Yeah, there were several. Uh, and we were going to get to see... We were actually going to get to see Gore kill some of the other gods. Oh, that would have been so cool. Um, so why no, they decided to cut all that, I don't know. It sounds like it was just so much they had to try to pull up. Supposedly, they were very determined to keep to, to for him to cut it to under two hours, right. this is a very this was a very short movie. Yeah, a, a, a Mar in Marvel standards, MCU standards, right? Yeah, but it, it, it the the upside is it never lags at any point. It does feel rushed along in places, and I think you know maybe some some things that would have been nice to have seen got left on the cutting room floor. Um, like I said, you know I love the humor, and I still kind of laughed. Some of the stuff early is still really funny. There's some of the jokes, like, watching it the second time, like, yeah, definitely didn't laugh every time the goat screamed the second time around. Yeah. The goats are funny. Like, I used to play that goat sound, screaming goat sound effect in Call of Duty lobbies when people would start yelling at me about calling me a <laughs> cheater. I would play the goat scream. So I appreciate the goat scream. Yeah. Um, but there were just some of the jokes that just don't feel as strong the second time around. And this, the first half of the movie feels rushed. But all that to say that the last, like, 40 minutes of this movie is it's, it it's some of my absolute really favorite stuff. Like, it's, like, some of it just really, really touching moments. I absolutely love that the reason that, that the hammer chooses Jane is because Thor told it to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the protect her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. I did. I did like that. I love all the stuff with her in the hospital and their conversation about like, that's when it got serious and it knew to get serious. Right. Mm -hmm. Of like, no, you, you will die. It's taking a drain on you. I need you alive. Don't come. But then in the end, Jane makes the choice herself. Right. To, to 
be a hero and do that. Um, yeah, I really like the last bit. All the stuff with Gore about his daughter. I love the way, the way that they defeat Gore, is by convincing him to choose love instead of hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Gore won. Gore got Stormbreaker. He 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 got where he wanted to go. He got his one wish. And the way that they beat him was just try- was convincing him to bring his daughter back instead of killing all the gods. Yeah, and I love that. And I love that Thor has this moment because he has just gotten over... He, he had all this stuff that he struggled with because he didn't defeat Thanos. So, like, I mean, that's what led to him just, like, giving up was that he failed. But he fails again here. But in the face of failure, instead of doubling down, he says, he says fine, you've won. He said, I'm going to spend my last moments with, somebody, with I love. somebody I love. And so we do, like, we get to see some really good growth from Thor. We, um, when we got in the car, I said, so if your message is don't kill what you hate, save what you love, that's the way to tell this story. Hey, that's in The Last Jedi, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is not the way to tell this story? Yeah. The Last Jedi. I'm going to kamikaze your speeder because you have to. <laughs> Anyway, but but that was that was the point, you know, that and and they managed to, I think, say it really eloquently without trying to beat anybody over the head with it. It's like because sometimes you see villains who are so far gone, have lost themselves in their pain to such an extent that they don't even they, they couldn't love the thing that they lost, even if they had it again. Yeah. Well, and the other nice thing with Gore is that they set this up and and you see this character. First, you see the heartbreak that he has at the beginning Mm -hmm. that sets him on this path. He's chosen by the Necrosword to to take up this this role of killing all the gods. But you understand why he embraces it. Mm -hmm. Like, and even Thor, after going to Omnipotent City, is kind of like, so maybe Gore's right. Yeah. Like, you know, you the you god see, who has the most people sacrificed to him this year's winner. It's like, oh, geez, and Pete, like, yeah, this is this is not benevolent, right? Yeah. Maybe that's why we never saw them hanging out before, yeah, because uh, Odin wasn't that interested in that game, yeah. and. I, I found that very interesting. So this is not at all what I expected from Zeus and the other gods. First of all, we all thought it was Olympus. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I, if I remember correctly in the podcast, we all were like, oh, yeah, yeah. they're going to Olympus. Yep. I also thought Zeus would be like, you know, a good guy. Right. Uh, I thought he'd be like a cool. My theory was like, I'm going to go find my old friends from back in the day. Uh, didn't know that like Thor like never been there. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I I don't know. I don't. At, at the at while I was watching it, I felt like it was a little bit of not really a plot hole, but just a little weird that him and all the other Asgardian gods apparently have nothing to do with this, even though every other Earthling god does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was a little weird, but I, I got over it, and I, I I liked the twist. I liked that it really mess with my expectations just like it did for thor they went there expecting it they went there expecting what i expected mm-hmm. and and then they they had a twist which i thought was really cool actually and they took the thunderbolt that was great yeah. that was cool so what do you guys think about uh christian bale's performance 
as Gore. I mean, I thought he was terrific. Me too. He, I thought Gore was a great villain, and I think he did a, a great job. I think that that was a com- really compelling villain, but no, I thought his performance was was fantastic. He was a really compelling villain. I loved his look. I loved his fight style. I thought the sword was super cool. I, I really enjoyed watching this villain and his fight scenes, and he was very different and unique, and and like visually speaking. And I think Christian Bale had a great performance. I loved the the what did they call it? The it's been a few weeks since I've seen it. Like the Dark World, like where where mm-hmm. Gore resided. Did Nether, Nether Void? No. Oh shoot! What did they call it? It's not the Dark World. That was Thor Two. Yeah. Right. I can't think what it was called. The Gray Area. Yeah. That was awesome. I love that visual. Leave everything in black and white, uh, except for like the lights from from Mjolnir and stuff. Like that thought that was freaking dope. There were a lot of really cool locations in this movie where we got to see a lot of really cool different fight scenes. And and one of my bigger problems with MCU movies in the past has been boring fight scenes locations. Mm-hmm. Just a plain field or a just a bunker or whatever. But th- this was really cool. Like they're on this black and white planet and then and then they're they're at uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Omnipotent City? Yeah, Omnipotent City. Uh, and the fight in New Asgard was cool. I loved New Asgard. Yeah, New As- New Asgard was great. Uh, and I don't know if you remember the uh, the YouTube videos where Thor had a roommate. Yeah. Did you notice that his roommate was the uh, the tour guide? No, I didn't. But that's really cool. That's really. I did notice that Matt Damon had a couple more lines. <laughs> in this movie. Oh my gosh, that <laughs> was and Luke and Luke Hemsworth. So funny. That was so funny. I loved seeing them come back, like their performance of, of Odin's death. That was great. And then to get to see them come back later, like, my lord, we must begin work on our new play. Yeah. I thought that was really well, And then Sam Neill as Odin in the play. Yeah. And uh, Melissa McCarthy as... Uh, oh, my Hella. As God. Hella. Like, I'm not even, like, a, I'm not a big Melissa McCarthy fan, but when she came out as Hella, I about died. Uh, me too. I'm, I'm not, like, a Miss Melissa McCarthy fan, but when she came out as Hella, I agree. I was... That was really, really funny. That was good. I still want them... I still want them to make it canon that that's actually Matt Damon. That Loki, yeah. that Loki hired Matt Damon to play him, and he's just been doing it ever since. Hired nothing. He kidnapped In him. In my head, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, because who, who could possibly be good enough to be me except for right. Matt Damon? <laughs> but no, the I love the fight scene in uh, Omnipotent City. And I think the thing I like the most about that fight scene is actually, uh, one, I mean, the stuff with Thunderbolt, like when Thor actually uses Thunderbolt is, is really cool, but... The um, I love that the that that Zeus's soldiers have gold blood. Yeah. So, well, what I love about that is that you can do things with blood that's not red that you can't do with realistic looking blood. Right. In a yeah. PG thirteen movie, and yep. when she Valkyrie is is like killing them all, and she's just it's just like when she looks up and it's just blood like spiraling around her it's mm-hmm. like oh that's that's so cool and you couldn't do that if mm-hmm. you hadn't made the gold the blood gold like this yeah. like lord of the rings orc blood is black you know right yeah, so you can that was very cool you can get around the um but yeah the 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 use of color i thought was really good um you know the black and white 
was really compelling. The, and, uh, and all the golden on Dipset City was beautiful. It, you know, I feel like they did a really good job. Um, the art department really outdid themselves. Yeah, no, they did a really good job with a really strong color palette to offset when Gore shows up. Mm-hmm. And then everything kind of starts to go grayscale. And, and, uh, and like, with the, whatever the, the all-gray world that they go to, like, mm-hmm. the only color there is literally Thunderbolt and the blue coming off of the yeah. hammer. And I love bestowing them temporarily only with the power of Thor. <laughs> Yeah, that was that. I liked that scene. It took me a minute to decide if I liked that scene, but I did like that scene where he gave all the kids with the kids. Um, some of it's silly, but they have like some like Axel, who I'm assuming Axel is going to show up as a an important member of the. Uh, I'm assuming they're setting him up to be a young Avenger. I think that would be. Cool. And like he actually got to do some really cool stuff in that fight. Yeah. So you so it wasn't all just silliness. You had some of the kids were like just wreaking havoc, and some of them were just the, especially some of the smaller kids were just with the, that bunny, like the bunny, shirtly. and yeah. Uh, but I love like there's some of that that's more Norse mythology than anything that they've ever done mm-hmm. with Thor. Uh, him, you know, imbuing these soldiers with his power for battle uh yeah it's children but like but i also love that when he does it the way it branches out it actually looks like the world tree mm-hmm. I, I noticed that yeah that was cool um so i i loved the last fight i loved how um gore I, and i think you know i love that gore gore's fi- the finale of his story is him doing what every parent who's ever lost a child has has said is like I would gladly change places mm-hmm. with them for for me to die and for them to live and and that's ultimately the decision he gets to actually make. So let's talk about that decision. So it was he got to meet what what was the name they gave the eternity eternity. That's right. I couldn't remember if they called it eternity. Yeah, or because one she of them is all, love but... love with yeah. the power of a god born from eternity. So was the idea that the first person who ever gets there gets their wish? Or is that anybody who gets there gets their one wish? So that's kind of... This is a can of worms that has been opened now. Oh, it it definitely is. Um, Could Thor go back and then get his one wish? Yeah, I I really don't know. I wondered about that. I think they kind of... never done it before. I feel like they did open a doorway there that they didn't necessarily close. I think they kind of indicated that the first person to get there got one wish. Not, you know, that, that at least that was kind of the impression I got. And they could always, you know, kind of low-key retcon it and be like, you know, anybody who gets to eternity gets a wish. But they could be like, nope, it's a one-off. Mm-hmm. So that they don't have to, so that, that doesn't have, they don't have to contend with that in the future. No one's ever done it before. Right? It's been around for a long time. Right? Eternity. Yeah. It's been around for an eternity and no one's ever bothered to get there. So uh, yeah, that is a little bit of a problem that they didn't tell us exactly how that worked. But to be fair, that's how it's going to be for everything in the MCU now. It's going to be like I could say the same thing about the Infinity Stones. No one ever bothered to find the Infinity Stones. Right. For Thanos that have been around yeah. since the beginning it's, of the universe. Yeah, it is a nitpick. I'm well aware it's a nitpick and it doesn't actually affect my enjoyment of the story. Yeah. Um I just thought it was an interesting can of worms that they opened. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I enjoyed the story. Like I, I know a lot of people complained about, um, you know, Jane Foster as the mighty Thor, which I thought she did a great job. And I love that they explained why, you know, it wasn't just because she was worthy. Like there's a reason the, the hammer chooses her. Um, it doesn't just choose her. It like gets calling to her from, mm -hmm. from new Asgard. And there's, a. Uh, and I love that she cannot settle on a uh, catchphrase. On a catchphrase, uh, that, that because everybody's like, "That's the you know talking about her eat my hammer line in, uh at yeah. the end." And it's like, it's because she's really, really. It's like everybody, all oh, that line is so bad. It's like, like it's supposed to be bad. She cannot come up with mm, a yeah. catchphrase. Only thing I didn't like about all that was sort of related to that was the jealous girlfriend stuff of Stormbring Stormbreaker. That joke. Just, that got old. It got old, and those were some of the jokes that the second time around, it was like, uh, it's, like after you knew it was coming, like it's like, oh, here comes that thing again. Mm -hmm. um, it was silly, and I get it. It's a Taika Waititi movie. It's his brand. It's silly. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I overall, I still really like the humor, and I, like you said when we started this, there's way more to like in this movie than to dislike. Mm -hmm. Initially, I said I liked this, that I thought maybe I liked this movie more than Ragnarok, but after watching it a second time, I definitely like Ragnarok better overall, but I do think that the last 40 minutes of this movie is just absolutely amazing yeah there's a lot that i liked about this movie i liked the action the fight scenes the music mm -hmm. was great you know ragnarok had led zeppelin this one has guns and roses yeah. mm -hmm. i thought that was funny i like Ax obviously axel Ro axel rose right i thought that was really fun i really enjoyed the colors and the cinematography and the locations and all the different characters i like the old spice ad I think that was funny. I so, love that there's a real life old spice yeah, ad now that's that that played four. before the movie. Yeah, and then we saw this this also smell like a king because you are worthy. <laughs> that was awesome. I really like I liked King Valkyrie in this a lot. Korg was funny. I felt now look I don't want them to kill off Korg, but I felt like it was a little cheap what they did. They they like oh my god he's dead now nah, it's just a head it's fine. <laughs> Like okay, you, yeah. you 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 wimped out. Either kill him off or don't, because um, mm -hmm. it would have been very emotional. Korg's the character to kill off if you want to pull some heartstrings. Yeah, mm -hmm. Korg's the character to kill. I, um, I love the continuity of the joke though when he says, you know, you're made of rock. He says perishable rock in the in, in, uh -huh. in uh, yeah. Ragnarok, and in this one when he after the bolt hits him, he goes, oh no, I'm perishing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love the way that his species are made. They just hold hands in the lava for a while. Yeah. Is it canon that every member of his species is male? It seems to be. It seems to be at this point. I, that, I think, I feel like it's, again, that's a little bit of a retcon because we said in Ragnarok, but I don't his, remember. his mom and, and her boyfriend, Doug, were the only people that showed up for his revolution, and he doesn't like Doug. Yeah, so there was a, a little bit of a retcon there. So I, I don't know. Well, it's either a retcon or it, it may not be a retcon. It might. Well, no, it's definitely a retcon. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I don't. It's not important, really. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with the main story. But but no, yeah, I, I, the Wayne the Rock Johnson joke at the end. <laughs> right. That was a little on the nose. <laughs> but I liked his mustache. That was funny. Yeah. To know that they can grow mustaches. 
uh, out of their rock. Yeah. Out, yeah. It's like, perishable hey, rock. All right. Well, let's, let's not uh, analyze this too hard, too hard. All right. Well, uh, any last thoughts, Marisha, on Thor Love and Thunder? You know, I, I sweet child of mine was was a fun, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, oh, what a fun, you know, what a fun bit of music, you know, kind of stylistically. But then we get to the end and you're like, oh, you know, it, it kind of, yeah, it, it becomes a little sentimental yeah. almost. Well, um, well, I, I just I enjoyed the music. They they always do. A, a, you know, he's done a good job with the music and, and both of them. And uh, I guess. I guess Guns N' Roses songs were were cheaper than Led Zeppelin songs since there were three Guns N' Roses songs. What yeah. band are we gonna do next? Hmm. You asked a real question. What 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 will he what will Taika Waititi use for the next movie? I think ACDC is an easy one, but I really don't want them to do that. I don't think they'll do ACDC though because like that's ACDC. so. But ACDC is also so heavily connected to Iron Tony. Man. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. The only time I like ACDC is when it's connected to Iron Man. I don't yeah, we'll know. have to. We'll have to think about that. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. We'll we'll we'll, we'll come up with something. We'll we'll do a yeah. show and pitch some ideas. Um, I guess our, our final thoughts on Thor because we haven't talked about it should be the end credit scenes. Yes. So, well, we talked about the Hercules one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Zeus is alive, which I liked because if the Zeus was dead, I kind of thought they cut him off way too easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I like. I'm glad alive. they. Like, it would have been a big statement had Thor killed Zeus. Because my first thought was, you know, he gave up the throne of Asgard. Is he going to sit on the throne in an omnipotent city? Oh, uh, yeah, that's bigger destiny. You know, that was kind of my first thought when it happened. But, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Zeus is still going to be around. Like, because I think there's a lot of fun stuff you can still do with that character. So then that was fun. And then there was the next end credit scene, which is Jane got to go to Valhalla. Yeah. So, and, and see, we saw Heimdall. So that was cool. I like that because it, it opens up the room. It opens up the door for her to come back. Or it could just be nice to know she's in Valhalla and then that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, you don't have to come back to it. Uh, it can just be a nice ending for what happens to Jane and, and what happened to the, the people who died on the ship when, when mm-hmm. Thanos attacked. Yeah, because I would just assume like, at the point where it's like, oh, remember that person that died? And it was sick. bringing them back, and that person bringing it. It's like I, I mean, it's com. It's it's a comic book movie. Like, if you're not a fan of them bringing back people that have died, you might want to check out now. No, I mean, I don't mind it. I just feel like it would be really easy to over. I mean, we already. Oh, you could definitely overdo it. I, I feel like at the point where we're going and dragging people out of Valhalla. It's like okay, there's there's Except no. That they send her back from Valhalla in the comic. Do they? I'm pretty sure she comes back as a Valkyrie. So you know, I don't know, I don't know what they're gonna do there. I think that it's fine. It's like David said, though, it's a place that we can leave off and say, okay, great, happy ending for Jane. Or it's you know they're setting up Valhalla to be something important going forward. There are some theories that Tony's there. I don't. I, I I would I think it's a it's a Norse thing. Uh, so I, I do too, but I, I also I, the rationale that I heard was that essentially because of what he died doing, because it's it's a place for people who you know protecting Asgard yeah. to go, and that ultimately he died sacrificing himself for for Asgard among all the other you know because Earth it, Midgard is one of the realms yeah. of Asgard. 
So I don't know. I, I yeah. think you can make, and I think I I wouldn't be upset if we found out that Tony was. I don't feel hanging like hanging out in the dining hall of Valhalla. Yeah. Except as far as we know, Steve didn't die in battle. As far as we know, Steve's not actually dead. Anyway, let's uh, let's real quick let's move on to these trailers and. Uh, Wait, I have one more thing I want to okay. say. Oh. I think it's very funny that Jamie Alexander was in the movie for less than a minute and she got top billing because she's Jamie Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I do hope that when they come back around to do the next Thor, that they actually like put her in it. Yeah. I whenever she, I was like, oh great, we're gonna get to see some stuff with her, and it was like, nope. Well, Sif was always fun, so mm-hmm. it would be cool to 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 bring that back. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about. Well, I want to hear y'all's thoughts on this uh, House of the Dragon trailer that dropped at San Diego Comic Con today. I don't really. I understand what it is. I read, I did read the first Game of Thrones book, so I kind of have, I know a little bit, but I, I'm aware at this point that the fact that I haven't watched or read Game of Thrones makes that like easily the biggest hole in my fantasy knowledge, but I, I just haven't read them or watched them. Um, I this watched trailer, everything but the last as, season. As somebody, before I let y'all get started, I will say as someone who didn't, didn't watch the other show, this looks really, really good. It looks really interesting. Yeah. It does look really interesting, and it is really interesting. So I don't want to say too much because I uh, have, like, basically studied the history of Westeros as if it's a college class. Like, uh, I, I, there was a period where I was obsessed with this stuff. And so I know about the Dance of Dragons, so you know uh, how it I, ends. I know all the history and stuff. Yeah. I know I know what happens in this show. Right. Um, which is, it's going to be an interesting perspective because watching Game of Thrones, I actually didn't know what happens because the books hadn't been done yet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and even so, it's not history. It's like, this is the modern day of the Game of Thrones that I was watching the show and, and reading the books. That's what's currently happening. This is history. I already know what happens in this show. Mm-hmm. And as someone who already knows what happens... I think it looks really cool, and and I'm glad we're getting to see it. I think they made a good choice for this to be the spinoff show. It would have been easy to do Robert's Rebellion or the Blackfire Rebellions or some of one of the other rebellions. Um, so I think that it was fun that they chose to do this piece of history, and I'm very excited about it. Um, it's going to be a cool thing to explore, and it, it, it might redeem HBO's Game of Thrones for me. Um, I think that's the idea. I would trust them making more stuff. Like they've announced that they're working on a Duncan egg adaptation, which is very close to my heart. Duncan egg is actually probably my favorite part about game of Thrones is a set of short stories that take place um, before the main series. And I love those books very much. So if they screwed those up, I'd be very upset, but if they do a good job of this, I'll be happy and I'll put my trust back into HBO with it. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, that seems reasonable. It's, I don't know. I did, I did watch the show. Everything except for the last season. Because I was, I was behind and I just watched the internet gradually lose its mind and get a little angrier every week. And I was like, I just don't know that I'm going to do that. But I do know how, I mean, obviously I know how it ends. But I do know, I don't know. Like, I know, I know how the uh, Lord of the Rings show, I know where that's going. But this one, I don't know where it's going. So, um... I've got a little bit of, what's the word? 
there's a little bit, an element of mystery, I guess, um, for me, just because it's it's not something I've looked into. But it looks really well done. It looks like a really compelling story that they're telling. They just in that what the trailer was what two minutes long, and they managed to map out a really compelling narrative there just in that that little bit of, of time. And I mean, that's what you need from a first trailer. You need to attract people's attention. It needs to be interesting. And it doesn't hurt whenever you have Matt Smith just being really cool. Because, you know, he he's so such a kind of a clown in a lot of the stuff he does. But I'm excited to get to see him do something just purely dramatic, which is what we thought we were going to get to see him do in um, Rise of Skywalker. And then they... I thought you were about to say Morbius. <laughs> oh no, no, I didn't. I didn't see Morbius. Um, you didn't so, see the most morbtastic sh- movie of all time. <laughs> morbtastic. It made over a morbian dollars. That joke would never not be. <laughs> that joke's never gonna get old to me. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. No, I didn't watch Morbius, but um, I am excited. It, it looks like I said, Game of Thrones is a little dark. For my taste, just in general, I tend to prefer my heroic characters a little more admirable than they tend to go in Game of Thrones, except for that one, you know, that died immediately. But um, it does look, I, I think it's something that I'm intrigued enough that I'll probably watch it. So, you know, for somebody who's who's watched a fair bit of Game of Thrones, but I'm not extremely invested in it. You know, for me to be like, okay, like I'll get HBO long enough to watch it. You know, I think that's the point. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, just kind of looking at it with an outside perspective, like the effects look really good. The costumes look fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, Everything looks to be real well shot, which I really wouldn't expect anything less on those things from them. Like, you know, I've seen enough of the other show to know that those things are generally well done. And... As someone who hasn't been that into the Game of Thrones stuff, I'm really glad that something like that is out there to keep pushing Amazon to do the right things with their property in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. There's competition. That's a good thing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because uh, I feel like it would be easy for any one of these kind of franchises to kind of get complacent if there weren't something else. It's like... Well, well I think like that's this. what I mean. That's kind of what happened, right? Mm-hmm. To the end of end of uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. They got I, lazy I would with say it. That's exactly what happened. Uh, but it, it it's interesting enough that it kind of made me want to go catch up on other stuff to come back to this. Mm-hmm. Any y'all have any more thoughts on on that trailer? Not really. Um, I have some thoughts, but they're spoilers, so I'm just gonna ah. leave them for now. <laughs> All uh, right. So I'll let's let talk be. about the other. We've actually mentioned this upcoming on the show a few times uh, as they announced cast and stuff, but uh, we got our first look at Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. What'd y'all think about that one? I, I walked away kind of, I'd say this trailer I, I don't, was less I, good. Very neutral. Yeah. yeah. True neutral one might say. <laughs> Not chaotic neutral. Yeah, so I think that my overall feelings about it would be summed up as I really hope 
that the show is not as silly as the trailer made it look. Or the movie. That that the movie yeah. is not as silly as the trailer made it look. Yeah. It looked a little silly. But it I, looked a little... It looked like I was watching... Part, part of it's kind of like... How's the best way I could put it? Like I was watching the trailer for a fantasy movie made in 2007. Yeah. So, like Aragon or something. Right. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that, for me, the, the overall look of it, and it might end up being, like the movie might end up being a ton of fun. I don't know. It's, it's got a fun cast. My overall thought, when I look at something fantasy, and I, and I understand, you, you're going to get one of two things in, with fantasy movie making uh, and, and, or, or TV series, and, and we'll compare these. We'll take this Dungeons & Dragons trailer and this, um, House, of the Dragon. this House of the Dragon trailer. The House of the Dragon trailer is, it, it stays true to what it all what what those books always were, which was something at least loosely inspired by Tolkien. Um, and not just loosely in places like I mean in places like uh, Martin just straight up stole Tolkien's whole bit. Um, but you know, he did create something unique and original, but it was... It's a very... It's a, but it's, it takes itself seriously. The it world does, takes itself go, seriously. You're, you're going to get one of two things. You're either going to get the ones that emulate the Lord of the Rings trilogy because it is the pinnacle of fantasy on, on the big screen. So you're going to get people that emulate and you're going to get people that try to be anything but. Yeah. And I feel like they chose the anything but route Mm-hmm. And it makes it look like Hercules: The Legendary Journeys or <laughs> Xena: Warrior Princess a little bit. Better now, visuals. I will say, when they first showed the first thing they did was early this morning they showed the players, the 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 the, the characters, mm-hmm. the costumes, and they looked terrible in those shots. Yeah, they looked better in the trailer than they did in those shots they released this morning. I'm not sure what was up with the shots they released this morning. Um. But I have a feeling that this movie is not as silly as that trailer made it look. I feel like the choice of song too, like they they. I feel like the, I feel like that was the Thor effect. Yeah, I was gonna say it looked like they were trying to make a Thor trailer. Yeah, they they. That's a good comparison. I I really feel like that was though. Oh, Thor is a fan, kind of a fantasy thing. They've been leaning into this heavy, you know, into this metal and rock you know, 80s, 70s, you know, music, and let's just do that. Yeah. And it just, it didn't really work for me. The trailer didn't really work for me. I still hope it's good. I have a feeling, like, there's a there's a show, again, not a movie, but there's a show, uh, Resident Alien. There are people that I can't get to watch Resident Alien because the trailers make it look silly. Mm-hmm. That show is not silly. No. In fact, it gets rather dark at times. It's occasionally silly. It can be silly. It's Alan Tudyk. You would hope that it'll be silly every once in a while. Yeah. But it doesn't lean on that. It's not yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I thought it was an interesting trailer. I, the trailer at least was enough to make me go, well, you know, we'll see what the next trailer looks like, but I'm not writing it off. Yeah, yeah that's kind of how I feel about it. It's not one of those, like... I mean, and there are definitely occasionally trailers where I look at Andrew and go, ain't seeing that. It wasn't one of those, but it wasn't one where I was like, like the Black Adam trailer. It was like, oh my God, when is this coming out? I need to see this, like, nail. It was just like, 
could be okay. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of how I, I'm not. I'm probably going to forget about it until it gets close to mm-hmm. coming out. Yeah, no, it's something I'll, I, I will probably not think of. You know, we talked about this back when they first announced the cast. And we hadn't talked about it since. There hasn't been anything to talk about since. And when it, you know, gets about a week or two before release and we start seeing TV spots, we'll all go, oh, yeah, that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I really hope it's good. I'm, I mean, I'll probably just end up enjoying it. Yeah. But I hope that it's, like, good enough to spot a big franchise and we'll get all sorts of Dungeons & Dragons movies. I think Unlike the World of Warcraft movie. And I think that's a reason to really hope for because I think some people kind of feel like, well, it's Dungeons & Dragons. Like, how big, did, you know, how big did you think it was going to be or how big did you want it to be? And it's like, Infinite. no, like, this is a really big world. Like, this yeah. could have been the next big franchise. And if yeah. it bombs, then it will. And, you know, in 10 years, somebody will try again. I really right. hope it's not the next Warcraft movie. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even see the Warcraft movie. I just saw the... Uh, trailer and it was like I really wanted it to be great because man Travis Fimmel is awesome but I was like that does not look like a good movie that's kind of the thing though you've got so many things that look so good coming out and having come out over the last few years over the last decade it's like you know it's I don't in my mind there's just not much of an uh, much of an excuse to make something sci-fi or fantasy that just looks cheap now Mm mm-hmm now, some of the effects in that trailer don't look cheap. Yeah. Anyway, what were you about to say, David? I was going to ask if you guys had seen The North Man. I haven't. I really want to watch that. Um, I, assume I haven't seen it either. It just it, It's too long, so it's daunting. Like, I don't have time. Yeah. yeah. That's, kind of, that's kind of where we are. It's, it's not always... And it's not something we can take the kids to. Well, it should be out on video by now. Oh, I think it's on, it's, on, it's on Peacock. Okay. I don't know if y'all have Peacock. I happen to have. I, I, I my mom has Peacock, okay. so I have Peacock. <laughs> I knew we had Peacock for a minute because um, Brave New World was on it. Well, if Netflix doesn't get themselves in order, we'll just be you know Netflix won't exist in a year or two. So. But I need Stranger Things. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to talk Stranger Things with somebody else on this show. Not me, because I, I watched I the first... I am watching it. I'm I'm two-thirds of the way done with the new season, so... Man, I'd like the end of that first episode and that girl getting, like, broke all different directions, I was like, nope, I'm out. Oh, yeah, that that kind of... That... If, if, when, when I talked about Stranger Things a couple of weeks ago and I said that this is the first season in a while to actually do some creepy stuff, that's yeah. mainly what I was talking about. That was real... You know, and it's, it's something... We definitely can't watch where the kids are up. And by the time the kids go to bed, like, I want to watch something for an hour and then go to sleep. I'm not going to watch that and then go to sleep. So when am I going to watch it? So that's that's been the issue. Yeah. I understand. Oh. All right. Well, uh, anybody got anything else they wanted to address before we log off for the night? That's going to do it for this episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. So until next time, David, where can people find you online? I am David underscore JG Peoples on Twitter. Sweet. All right, Marisha. I am princesses underscore and underscore Padawans on Instagram. And hey, I posted for the first time in like three months today. Yeah, you did. Hooray. Well, um, we're, we're only about five weeks out from Dragon Con, so. Yeah, and we won't discuss the number of costumes that are like half finished 
all over, over the, all over the living room. <laughs> all over the living room. Yeah. So, um, I like I finally told the kids I was like, "All right, we finally reached the point where mommy can't do it herself. So, this is how you sew a gathering stitch." <laughs> <laughs> so, that's that's, that's what we've funny. been doing today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that's me. That's me on social media. How about you, Andrew? All right. You can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Fictionary. You can find our other podcast, Coruscant Radio Underground, at crew underscore podcast. And you can find the podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And you can drop us a line at the sciencefictionary at gmail.com. And you can always find us, as well as the rest of the Red 5 Podcast Network, at Red 5 Network on Twitter. And until next time, may the Force be with you. Thank <laughs> you.